please hit like, share, and subscribe. Now enjoy the Practical Guitarist Podcast. Easily, easily. David, you wanted to well, say something. Well, I was going to ask. So you're after. So are you after a similar vintage uh, custom, or are you looking at something else? Me? Yeah. Uh, actually, I, I, I'm probably going to wind up with a new one. To be honest, you know, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't need a vintage. You know, vintage Les Paul custom. You know, there's not a, a, you know, number one. I don't want one that, you know, that's beat up. I don't want one that's beat up. I don't even want one that's that's broken in. I want. I want to do all that myself, you know, so this is going to be one of those guitars that I know is going to stay with me for decades. You know, it's going to be worth a lot more than what I paid for it. And, uh, you know, I could, you know, I, I, I suppose I don't, the only, really the only thing I, that I would be absolutely opposed to if it was for that, uh, that set of years in the Henry era, when they went away from ebony fretboards and they were using rich light, um, you know, the rich light pers- personally doesn't bother me, but you know, it's absolutely affects the resale value, you know? Oh yeah. That's, you know, you know, those aren't going to be worth as much down the road. So now, you know, but they're putting ebony on them again now. So that's, that's really, that's what I want. That's so like, I'll probably, I'll probably just likely order a new one. So. The funny part about rich light is people, you know, they poo poo it like really hard, but I mean, you can see that there are still manufacturers using it, and they're usually they using it for decades. You know, when there's usually like the the ones I think of that when they're using it, like like Godin, are using it on their synth model guitars or their their multivoice guitars because mm-hmm. it has an even frequency response compared to, and it, for whatever reason, it improves tracking. Yeah. So people are still mm-hmm. using it in those kind of applications. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think tracking. it's good or bad, but yeah. it makes sense though. It's just a choice, you know. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, regardless, it'll I mean, only I, be unpopular until somebody really famous starts playing one, and then all of a sudden there'll be a run on them, and you won't be able to get the the used vintage ones. But it'll be twenty or thirty years before that happens. Somebody's gonna do it at some point. I'm sure they will. But, you know, I mean, you know, I can't predict that. <laughs> yeah, if right. You, if you'd have asked me. If Fender Squires would be selling for over $200 right now, I'd have told you you were nuts. And yet... Uh, the, the original ones? The Japanese ones? No. Wow, the Japanese ones. Jeez. Some of those are going for four, or 500 bucks. I've seen them as high as 1000 Yeah. The brand new ones. Yeah, the brand new ones. Oh, yeah, but, no, I'm talking about Japanese squire. I've seen Japanese squires go for for a thousand bucks or more in some cases. Jeez, that just depends yeah, on where that, it is. That's not the rule, but still, Jim's right. You know, those do sell for pretty Yeah, yeah, about four or five hundred. I I saw one locally for seven hundred that was in immaculate shape with, and it was one of the mm-hmm. higher end models. Yeah, I was looking. Um, so uh, this, no, you can't see it. Let me move a little bit this way. So that. That red one right there, that was a closet queen. That's a 2008. That's a 13-year-old MIM, right? Made in Mexico. Mm-hmm. I got that thing 
two years ago for my son. That's not mine. That's my son's. Um, uh, and I got it with a case. It still had the plastic on everything. It mm-hmm. it was it was bought, put in the thing, and left. It didn't have a scratch. Times and put. Yeah, it was a, it was in a time machine, and uh, I paid four hundred bucks with the hard shell case, tweed hard shell case, four hundred bucks at Guitar wow. Center, and I was like, I, I looked over, I said, Is that price right? The guy was like, Yeah. I go, Does everything work? And he said, Jim, we wouldn't take it in if it didn't work. I said, Then bag it up. That had to be, yeah, it had to be a little over two years ago now. So, yeah, that. Um, now you're mm. not going to touch a closet queen like that for that kind of money. And that's, that's just in the last couple of years. Um, uh, you know, made in Mexico's have gone up. Uh, that's just a regular old standard when they were still making the standards. Like I said, it's 2008. Um, yeah. well, I think a lot of that has been attributed to the, uh, the fact that, uh, you know, just you always see prices of fenders and Gibsons, you know, the used, used, prices will go up as inflation of their new instruments go up. And of course, you know, I'm sure you guys are aware Fender just had a price increase recently. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I don't think it was, you know, in some cases it would be a little more extreme than others, but for the most part, I mean, I've noticed a, a slight price increase across their, across the product line. Some people are telling me, somebody uh, mentioned on my, on my life day that there was a, uh, uh, a Jackson, it was a Jackson RR1. Pacific RR1 that they were looking at that was, you know, 2500 bucks that, uh, you know, or 2599 And now after the, after the recent price increase, now it's 40, you know, like 4,500 bucks or something like that. What? So, you know, it, 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 yeah, it went up. It was like, it went up like $1,600. I, I can't verify that. I don't know. said so that was on Sweetwater's website. Again, I don't know how much truth there is to it, you know, because most of the price increases that I have seen have been, 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks, depending on where the price was to begin with. So, uh, but, you know, what I'm alluding to, whenever Fender raises their prices, current product tends to have also an effect on the used market as well. So, because I remember that that very same uh, Made in Mexico Standard Series Strat that you got hanging up behind you, Jim. You know, we were buying those, and when, you know, when I first started the store, we were buying those then and reselling them for 250 all day long and no, all day long and then there by the time i left they kind of started to creep up to around 300 you know 299 was a pretty average price on those by then but 250 300 bucks all day long i mean at least at least to to my way of thinking and and just talking to the you know the various stores around here and stuff like condition doesn't really matter as much when you're on the low end of the market i mean it does they want it to be playable obviously but um you know, if it's got some bumps and stuff, it's not going to, they're going to discount the price 10, 15 bucks. It's not, it's not like, oh my God, it's a hundred dollars cheaper because it's got the original plastic or a hundred dollars more because it's got the original plastic on it. I mean, it's, it's, oh, that's $20 more, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there, when it comes to like new, uh, you know, there's only so much, you know, there's only so many you know, so much money that like new can get you. Okay. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I oh yeah. While I'm on that. Well, while I'm on that subject, I'll never, I it never cease to amaze me. I'd answer the phone. Hey man, I got this, uh, you know, you know, this, you know, Fender Strat that I bought here a few months. 
back. This thing is brand new, be on mint condition. This thing's beautiful. What'd you guys give me for it? Now, if you don't put it in the condition, you're telling me and give you know X number of dollars for it. Okay, cool. I'm gonna bring it down. You know, of course I'd bring it in and it's beat the hell. hell, Pick up some swapped out, you know, to yeah, you know, been refretted, you know, (laughs) like that. (laughs) Dude, I thought you said this thing was like yeah, there's bruises, there's no scratch on it. So, dude, the pickups are, aren't original. Where are the original pickups? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I put them in the guitar I wanted to put them into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I took them out, changed them out. I didn't like them. That's what I need to do. I need to buy a, um, I need to buy a uh, slash Les Paul, swap the pick out, pickups out of those All right. slash ones. All right. Can we, can put them in mine. And then. And <laughs> Jim started that I didn't sentence say that, did I? I did. Jim started that sentence with what I need to do, Jim. Come on. What you want to do, not what yeah. you need to yeah. do. And it and I will yeah. Make, Go ahead. The, one of the one of the funniest ones I ever saw. This guy brought in this this ebony. It was a 70s SG. Um, you know, and he had you know, it, it, this thing had some miles on it anyway. It, it was banged up, you know. It was I don't, you know, I think even if it was, if it was all original, I don't think it would have been all that great of a guitar, but, uh, this dude, you know, had pulled out the original pickups in it. I think it had originally had T tops or something in it. He pulled those out, replaced them with a set of Gibson, Tony Iommi signature pickups, uh, you know, swapped out a few other pieces of hardware and then wanted like three grand for this thing, you know, and which at the time, you know, uh, it wouldn't have been worth that much. It's just upgrade parts. Well, and that's the thing, you know, the guy that was buying it in, this one wasn't me, you know, this is another, another associate. He looked at it and said, okay, you know, I got to take some pictures of this thing and send it off to vintage. But before I do that, I want to be clear on this. You pulled out the original pickups and replaced them with a set of signature pickups designed to emulate the ones that you just pulled out of it. Correct. (laughs) You know, the look on the kid's face was. Yeah. (laughs) He didn't didn't occur to what he had just done. <laughs> well, not until that moment, and then he was like, "Oh yeah. shit!" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I can't remember if we ended up buying it in or not. <laughs> well, we were. Just, I was just talking to somebody the other day. Speaking of the speaking of those style pit like that era and everything, those style pickups. I was talking to somebody the other day, and like. It kind of blew their mind because they were talking about bursts and burst pickups. And I was like, well, you do realize that you can pull those pickups out of, like, any guitar from the era of Gibson, right? Because they didn't even, they weren't even earmarking what guitar they were going to go into. They just made a bunch of pickups, you know, a bunch of humbuckers, and they were throwing them in 335s and pretty much every other guitar that had humbuckers at that time period. Mm -hmm. So I said this whole idea that burst pickups are unattainable is kind of crazy because you can buy a, you know, a, a 1961 SG for seven grand and pull the pickups out of it instead of paying $5,000 for one that came out of a burst, mm-hmm. you know, which, right. which yeah. the, the part, the parts costs on those guitars is just, you, you gotta be shitting me, you know, like, okay. Uh, so I, I get the pickup thing. Cause they, cause they're all unique and they're all different, but like a knob, and yeah. the knobs are like 150 or 200 bucks a piece or something, you know, I, some I, crazy I, yeah. number like that. Um, you guys, have you guys, do you guys follow Ryan Bruce's channel at all? I, yeah. I watch him every once in a while. He's, he's burned me a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
he's he's probably he's, he's one of if not my favorite uh my favorite guitar channel i really like really like some of the stuff he does but right now he's got this series called ridiculous reverb listings oh my god yeah, yeah. Recently, yeah, yeah when he took our stick i know okay yeah well <laughs> regardless recently he did you know he did, he talked about a listing on reverb that somebody was trying to get 650 bucks for a set of i think they were telly you know 50 telly pit guard screws yeah uh, yeah yeah with no, no provenance whatsoever yep you know they just look like a set of old screws that honestly could have you know come out of a washing machine for all I yeah know. yeah they, <laughs> they were just old screws and it's like yeah. it, it, that's the same one um a guy selling a piece of like the original stage from when the beatles played somewhere and uh but he's got the uh, there was another one where the guy i i shared this one with you you we should, we should talk about this one so um i said robert you got to check this one out so Somebody was selling a Zach Wild collection. Now we're not t- just talking about the guitars. He had one of every one of the guitars. He had a leather jacket. He had like a um, yeah. Um, I don't know if Who Zach wore Zach it. Wild memorabilia. This dude had a whole shrine. And, I mean, it's like this. This sounds like this sounds like this sounds like this guy had a semi truck worth of stuff. Which I'm like, I don't mind people collecting like that that makes a but that just seems like somebody really weird to collect from you know what i mean i'm gonna grab grab that while you guys are talking and put that on i could see people i could see people collecting dime bag i could see and and i know they were friends but i could see people collecting you know the beatles or led zeppelin um Eh, but i don't know man i'm a little biased because i'm a i'm a pretty big zach i mean zach wild's one of those guys uh you know that really really you know, really inspired me. I mean, the first time that I heard, uh, you know, I'll, and I'll never forget it. I was driving down Keystone Avenue. I had just left school for the, you know, for the day. And I was driving to my part-time job at the time in high school. And I had, uh, Ozzy's, uh, no more tears record and, the uh, you know, CD and the CD player. And I was listening to the title track and, you know, the solo came on, it was, you know, and it just hit me. I was like, this is freaking badass, you know, and it, it, you know, I loved everything about it. And I've been a huge fan of his ever since. Uh, so that, same, you know, same. So that said, I, I, <clears throat> I get the, you know, I get why, you know, why somebody would think it would be cool to collect it. Now, how much of a market there is for that on the other hand, that's a different story. Well, the reason why I brought it up <laughs> yeah. though, and, and compared him to some of these other records, I'm using household name acts, right? Like right. I could see somebody collecting a bunch of Pantera stuff and that would be the closest thing maybe. Um, but I don't think I don't think I could necessarily see somebody collecting like a specific guitar player outside of somebody like Eddie Van Halen or Jimi Hendrix. I've got um, the I've got the so. shrine up right now. It's kind of hiding all of our faces. Um, so there it is. It is a pretty it is a it is a pretty impressive collection, and, and that uh, you know you're right. He's got literally every wild guitar you know there's some pretty cool you know i think a framed jean jacket or something that looks like it's autographed i mean there's some pretty pretty cool autograph memorabilia yeah if you go to reverb and just look up zach wild collection you'll find it right away what's he wanting for it's like dollars. okay did that that come down because i thought it was more than that no it was one hundred twenty thousand dollars. um but he's he's not selling everything He's only selling particular parts of it, but he's literally got a shrine. The first picture is yeah. of oh, a yeah. shrine with everything. Oh, yeah. Actually, I don't find that sum to be outrageous for what's no, here. No, I don't either. Not for what mm-hmm. everything that's there. No, I don't find it super outrageous. Um, yeah, and the but... stuff he's got listed, it doesn't seem like it's super outrageous. It's just He's got $10,000 in just the Les Pauls. 
I mean, and and all the autographed memorabilia and all the other stuff. And some of those Les Pauls may be the custom shop models as well. It's yeah. I mean, I'd have to go through all the photos. So he may he may very well have, you know, yeah, $100,000 $100, worth of stuff. You get paid $20,000 to get it all, you know, kind of deal. Um, mm. I but, don't know, man. Well, made a pretty good, you know, made a pretty good point. I mean, the, you know, even with the, the signet, you know, the autographs and provenance and all that stuff, I mean, the guitars themselves are probably worth, what, four, five, six grand, you know, call it five grand a piece. And, you know, you add up all the guitars that he sell and it's, you know, nowhere, you know, even if you throw all the other memorabilia on top of there, you're talking $60,000, worth of stuff. And the stuff, what he's like, stuff. So can we, well, can we, can we, can we point out something though? Yeah, go ahead. This is, this is in Busan, Korea. Oh, I didn't notice that. that, that Which notice. makes me wonder if those guitars are even legit. Like I'm sure some of the other stuff is. I have seen that particular photo. I've seen those photos before, you know, they weren't for, they weren't on a, they weren't on a sale listing anywhere. You know, I've just, but I've seen somebody, I don't know who, but somebody's showing, you know, posting those photos on guitar groups on Facebook and stuff like that. Before. Uh, so, you know, when Fluff talked about it on, re, you know, uh, on his video, you know, that's why I was like, oh, I didn't realize I'd sell on that stuff now. And, you know, because I'd seen those photos before. That wasn't the first time I'd seen them. You know, that guy's been in whoever, I assume it was legit, you know, but now that this guy's listening in Korea, so, you know, that makes me wonder, if, you know, some, something fishy's not up with it anyway. Enjoy your life to- with Margaret? Huh? That's in the bottom corner of one of the pictures, like a watermark. Yeah, it's like he knows Zach Wild. His, his some of his uh, um, the uh, uh, inscriptions, the autographs are very personal. So I get the feeling this person is like a real stalker. And Zach Wild's pretty hilarious. I mean, the guy um, uh, I got to meet him a long time ago. He's a pretty funny guy. Um, very. Uh, let's just say. He knows how to tell a joke and knows how to take one. And I'll just leave it mm-hmm. at that. They're not politically I, <laughs> correct jokes, so I can't tell any of them. But uh, mm-hmm. he, he's a funny guy. Very funny. Can I end this can I end this whole can I end this whole thing with, with the with one line from the uh from the, the uh listing? Yeah. All these items were came from Zach Guitar Gallery, which is official Gibson dealer in South Korea. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Interesting. <laughs> hmm. All these items were came from Zach Guitar Gallery, yeah. which is official Gibson dealer in South Korea. His English is yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's that's... probably a, a, it's a Google Translate. Yeah, I think so be. as well. I think yeah. it's so as well. That's what I'm thinking. Or whatever the equivalent to Google Translate is over there. Yeah. They may they may not have Google in that part. I don't know. I wouldn't imagine that's North Korea because I don't think that thing would be listed. No, it's South Korea. It's South Korea. South Korea. We saw it South. Yeah, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about Korea except that I know that we're not going to get any unless things like that in North Korea. That's for sure. I don't. I think I'd love to know what the shipping on this No, it's mine. (laughs) I'd love to know what the shipping on this stuff is. Like that's kind of what my my thought is. Like, what's the shipping here? Yeah, I Um, think it's this free shipping on there, which might be a part. It better be for that kind of money. Better you sure do. <laughs> I would yeah. want to. I would want to fly there and inspect everything seriously. It, it cost you twenty thousand dollars to ship it. There was one of them he mm-hmm. did that Fluff did. It's Fluff, right? Ryan Burke. Um, 
or like not Ryan Burke, but Ryan. Ryan That's Bruce, Bluff, right? Ryan Bruce. Bruce. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, he Rip, uh. Rip what's that? Yeah, beards, beards and, and gear. Yeah, beards and gear. Rip, I get the impression he doesn't like me much, to be honest with you. Even though I've I've had, you know, I really I've really had no direct interaction with him. Uh, yeah. but you know we're we've got some mutual friends on Facebook and, you know, we've in, in some mutual groups and, you know, commented on the same threads. He rarely, you know, I'll see him, repl- I'll see him reply to other people, yep. you know, but he never, never replies to me like ever. <laughs> so, you know, wow. I, you know, I don't even know if he even know he, he doesn't know who I am and doesn't, you know, uh, you know, or there's, you know, something I've done on my channel struck, you know, the toxicity of our community. I, I'll tell oh, you, you know, right. yeah, it comes right back to that toxicity. I, I, you know, you know, here's what I think. I, you know, there was he posted something in a video a long time. He's uh, and I took it to heart. Um, you know, he was, and I can't remember. It was like an F, you know, it might have been an FAQ Monday video. I don't remember what it was, but you know, he was talking about uh, some other channels. You know, uh, you know, he mentioned some other guitar channels out there that he likes. You know, but then, you know, in that same breath, he also said, you know, there's, you know, there's that other, you know, that other group of channels that are basically just rip off of other channels, but we're not going to talk about them, you know. And at that time, I was, uh, you know, I've, I've always been actually really, really inspired by the guy, you know, as far as my channel goes. And, you know, at that time, I was really starting my, you know, intros to my videos the same way he was, et cetera, et cetera, just, you know, because I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> Uh, you know, I admittedly, I'm not the most creative guy in the world, but you know, finally, I heard him say that, and I, you know, and I couldn't help but kind of, you know, sink down in my chair a little bit. And, um, you know, and that's when I kind of started, well, that's when I started asking unanswerable questions in the beginning of my videos, or not long. Um, but what? I'm wondering if, you know, I, and I don't know that he was directing that at, you know, if I was one of the people he was directing that statement at or not. I don't know. I cannot verify that, yeah. you know, and, and honestly, I think it might be, even be a little bit ridiculous of me to, to assume that I had, but, or to assume that he was, but regardless, you know, I did, you know, I, I, I took something from what he said and, you know, and made some changes that I think have probably been, you know, positive changes for my channel anyway. Uh, but, you know, just, you know, I, between that and, you know, his lack of interaction, me and different uh, Facebook groups and threads and stuff like that you know <clears throat> kind I, of you know make, makes me ask the question if uh you know if you know if he's you know if i've got a if i have a bad taste in his mouth for some reason so you, you know, know what if i leave a bad like i've seen this with other channels and people in in this business i we have run into at least one set of individuals that out for us um and I really think people just need to get over themselves. Like this play, this whole internet thing and guitar and all this isn't a big enough community for all of us. Like realistically, I don't harbor any grudges, even to the people that have said horrible things about us or tried to do awful things to us. I don't give a crap. Like at the end of the day, like what they've done is not important to me. Um, because I, I agree. I agree completely. I mean, I, you know, people seem to think that I've got this huge beef against, you know, against ZBEX for whatever reason. That's not true at all. I have nothing against. Yeah, I mean, I, I, 
same thing Jim and I said. We, like we buy these people a beer, sit down with them, you know, have a have an interesting conversation with those people. But you know what? Some of these people don't want to have an inf- interesting conversation either. They want to create controversy and they want to get into a situation where they can they cannot have competition. This is not a competition, folks. It never has been. Nope. Music is not a competition, and all the things surrounding music are not really competitive. They, you can make them competitive if you want to. I mean, of course, business is competitive, but this isn't business. Right. Now, maybe for these people it is because they're because it's their livelihood. At that point, like I would suggest, maybe you should start realizing it's the community that's paying you and making you money, so you want to embrace it instead of instead of throwing it into the bus. Yeah, um, it reminds me of this uh, this uh, comic creator who said, "If you don't like my politics, don't buy my books." And so people were like, Fine. "Okay." I won't buy your books. <laughs> and then she was like, you just don't buy my books because you don't like my politics. And she's like, we're like, uh, yes. Yes, yeah, what you yeah. Said. isn't that what you said? That's what you told us not to do. Make up your mind. But, um, yeah, we got early on, we got accused of being a, um, a channel that was uh, a knockoff or, a, or whatever of another channel. And we weren't. I, uh, um, I did a rant a week ago. Um, I've actually got another rant that's going to be coming up, but I did a rant a week ago where I talked about the the origins of the channel. And and the reality is that um, David had a channel going on that was that was doing a thing with music, that was guitar playing. And I had a channel that was just going to be, well, I was going to create a channel. It was just going to be music. And I thought, I, I did a few things where I was sitting down in front of a camera and I was like, well, I'm boring by myself. And I need somebody to liven that up. So I don't know how, honestly, David and I somehow connected. And that's how this channel was born three years ago now, right. um, over three years ago. And yeah, so like we're going into year four. Yeah. This is year right. four we're in right now. And but it was, I had a gear, I had a gear group, yeah. not gear group. I had mm-hmm. a guitar group. I was already a part of all these gear groups. And I saw all these people like, oh, I got this pedal. And I really thought it was going to make me a better player kind of conversation. I'm like, what are you doing? you don't buy pedals to get better. Like, so I started a group right. that was like a collective where people could share information about how to actually play the damn instrument instead of, mm. um, and that's how we, that's actually how we sort of hooked up. We we knew each other from a couple other groups, but that was really the genesis. I think Jim realized that like I was doing something different and I had a different angle and I never wanted to do a podcast. This just happened. Um, mm. <laughs> like I was like, I don't want to be those other guys. They've all got podcasts and they're doing their thing and they're having a good time with it. Let them do it. Um, right. so, yeah, that's really how it kind of it kind of started, and and mm-hmm. um, these guys were like, I just did this because just because we happen to be part of your group doesn't mean that we were creating anything. We don't do anything like you do. You guys are three clowns that are that are talking to each other every day, and we're and we're not <laughs> clowning oh, around. I mean, we we joke, mm. but we're not clowning around. We're not trying to be, you know anything you are we don't i would we don't care. i would say compared to a lot of the sure. other guitar podcasts that are out there which we're you know we're starting to become a youtube channel more than a podcast really yeah. um compared to the other podcasts that are they're out there like the ones that we were being compared to were really kind of funny because it was like they really didn't talk about guitars yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. it was like oh well that's weird yeah you we've know? never discussed right. the here. show uh, we never, right. we never asked if your, if your guitar was a, was a character in the Flintstones, what would it be? I mean, we never had anything like that. Cause we, uh, I always saw that as what the hell are you talking about? But, um, you know, so I just did, believe it or not, I created 
um, a new uh, uh, a thing because uh, David had mentioned to me, he goes, hey, Jim, you know what you should do is you should uh, look into um, – it seems like every time I do a gear video, it takes off. So she, you should probably do a couple more gear videos. And you've mentioned to me I should do a video on my amps. So I said, you know what, maybe I should do that. So I took um, this uh, this thing and I, I said, okay – I'm going to do a gear video, and they're going to be gear videos nobody asked for. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> gear videos nobody asked for, and and I, I put those I, up all the time. Yeah, and and my <laughs> intro, my intro is a is a voiceover, and I said, I, I've got welcome to the Practical Guitarist Podcast, outdated, unnecessary, and unrequested gear reviews. That's that's what this is because I don't care. It's I realize. There's 10,000 freaking videos. By the time I could get a piece of gear, even if I bought it day one, uh, mm. let's let's talk about the most recent thing. What was it? The, uh, the quad cortex. Quad cortex. Even if I had one on order and I had pre-ordered it two years ago when it was announced. Mm-hmm. The influencers got it before we did. It doesn't matter. Have, I wouldn't have got it. And, and so mm-hmm. what would it matter? Because – Fluff had already done a video, and um, uh, we don't want to be influencers. We've never been that. We've never been the influencer type anyway. So this right. is perfect for us to parody the influencer thing in this community. Mm. Yeah, I want to yeah. do. Um, I want to do a couple of parodies. Uh, I've I've got a couple. David and David and I have worked up um, a couple of things, but uh, we kind of got to be in the same place to do them. Uh, because we want to do the, you know, the the typical two guitar players in a room type thing, but, um, <laughs> you know, we were going to do I the, yeah, the dumpster diver. I'm very yeah. very careful because I can't say certain things about some of the ones we want to do. I'll tell you after the show, Robert, because I know you won't rip us off. But yeah, yeah, we got yeah. some we got some ideas. But mm. but, but I've <laughs> also, you know, I've seen 200 people do the. Um, do the oh I'm a guitar uh, instructor and these are ten things guitar instructors or ten things that you know ten songs you should never play at guitar center or whatever. I mean everybody's mm. already done them and overdone them. I want to do something different. I want to do something funnier. I want to do something more alive. Um, and I want to I want people to be able to feel um, that they can laugh. I. I used to enjoy Stevie T, but he's gone over the edge. I mean, that yeah, guy like he's he crossed over from being a guitar player, like comedian, really thing, good, to just too. being like a comedian. Yeah. And it's mm. like that's all he wants to do now. And it's to the point where it's almost like like very offensive comedy. And, uh, to, uh, to a lot of people, yeah, you know, and to uh, he, uh, you know, in his defense, guy, he only puts up, he only posts about one video a month these days. And I don't know if you guys have seen that new house that he just bought. No, I know. Oh, Jesus! That, wow. Well, I the mean, Canadian the Canadian was, housing market's uh, a little bit different than the housing market here in the states. Uh, yeah, still, and, he and I recognize a really that, but still, big house on a big piece of land. He bought a huge house on a huge property out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, regardless, I mean, you can't, you know, you cannot deny YouTube has been very, very good to him. Yep. Yeah, it has. Overall. Well, he's he's closing uh, he's, in on three million subscribers now, right? Yeah, I haven't seen. I mean, last, yeah, I, I, knew, last I knew he was well. He was well over two million. Yeah, he's um, he hit the two million so, a few months ago. Yeah, he's he's kicking it for three right now. That's exactly where he's headed. I was wow. watching. You know, he might. You know, he may have passed Jared by now. Then, because you know, yeah. Jared was. Jared hit hit a million, and then he hit two million really quickly after that. 
Well, there. And, uh, uh, so I was watching Keith Williams did a thing about some analytics on that, um, Robert, and it's it's interesting to to see that once you hit a certain point, you'll get subscribers because YouTube throws you into more feeds, and so yeah. what happens is um, he was talking about your numbers. You'll he he sees he sees five six hundred subs a day. This is mm-hmm. Keith Williams, who's not even a million yet. All right, and, so so currently Stevie T is behind him with two point four three. Jared Dines has right at two point nine three million. Um, yeah, but, and I don't think Jared is doing a lot of videos anymore. He's he's uh, he's plateaued he's quite a bit because he's been sitting around two point seven to two point nine for quite some time now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but there he's, are uh, he's he's quite a bit too. Rick Viado did yeah same thing after he hit a million. He's I think. Uh, are close to it, yeah. And you're, you know, you're. I've noticed the same thing. You know, once you hit a certain, and I think it's tiered. You know, yeah. I've, I've never read any official, formal report on the parameters of the YouTube algorithm. But you know, as far as subscribers go, you know, it seems to be that you know it's tiered. Once you hit a certain number of subscribers then they start blasting your video out to you know a, a, you know, a larger audience of x number of people. and you know it'll i think it happens when you you know when you hit a hundred thousand because i've noticed channels grow really rapidly once they hit a hundred thousand uh guitar max for example he hit a hundred thousand what six months ago maybe not even you know, now he's 130 yeah uh, yeah the other day and good for him and that's you know again that, that couldn't have happened to a better guy in my opinion yeah we've had um, him on the show yeah yeah i know you have he's a great guy yep. and uh, you know so we've we've done yeah there's that and then you know there seems to be a you know again it's something that happens at about the 250 300 range and again 500 you know and then million yeah. So, you know, where I'm at, you know, I mean, I meanwhile, I've scratched and clawed my way and I'm at 23,000. Yeah, so. I've seen that. Once you... I don't know. If, I don't know if, you know, I'm hoping that I, you know, I get a small bump when I hit 25 because, yeah. you know, when uh, I've noticed, you know, my buddy Stay Metal Ray, I don't know if you guys follow his channel. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. He started, you know, a few years, you know, after I did. And, you know, he was pretty much behind me and then he, you know, and then he passed me a few months ago. And once he, he hit 25. There was now something, isn't he the guy that just did, he bought a, a Les Paul for his birthday or something? Is that State yep. Metal Ray? Yeah. He, yep. he just he popped into Les my Paul feed. Yeah, he popped mm-hmm. into my feed. And I was like, oh. yeah. You know what's amazing to me? This is just an observation. So we're talking about YouTube and, and the guitar culture and all this. Jared Dines, right? So he, he's one of the older guitar YouTubers in terms of, you know, being on the platform and getting a ton mm-hmm. of subscribers. Yep. I, I call him an OG, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it looks like there's like like um, Henning Pauly and and uh, like Ola and those guys. And Henning's around newer. Is Henning newer? It, I th- I think he. I mean, he's been doing it longer than me, but you know, he so he Henning's probably been seven or eight years. But I, I think Henning, you know, kind of, you know, he was a little bit more like me in that, you know, he's, uh, you know, he he's kind of had a slow burn you know, all the way, you know, to be, to start out with, cause it hasn't been all that long ago since he just hit that hundred thousand subscribers. So like, well, like, one thing is like, happened for him in the last year. One thing is about like Ola, the tone King, you know, Jared. Um, and, and I'm just thinking about the well, fact that like, yeah, obviously right. Mm-hmm. Bruce, well, yeah. um, just thinking about the fact that like these guys have, have built these channels over, you know, a 10, 12 year period. 
And obviously the algorithm has changed along that time period. And so it has benefited and, and probably set them back at some point as well. Um, but I'm just thinking like in the popular culture, TV series don't last 12 years. So what happens to these guys in another four or five when they've just kind of like aged out of, you know, the, the popular demographic, are they going to shift their focus or because like, I'm already thinking of people like Ola when, and, and Ola is great. Like I absolutely love Ola. I've been watching him for probably since he was doing his, does it yeah, not even the does it chug series, but like back in the very beginning where he was just playing like through weirdo amps, just giving yeah. you like, does it, will it do metal? You know? Um, and he, he wouldn't even talk back then. Is um, Ola, mm-hmm. is Ola the one that did Toto's Africa, like really metal version of it? No, no. Ola. Oh, you're thinking of, uh, uh, Leo Marocchioli, Frog Leap Studios. Ah, Frog yeah. Leap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Who is, who is Ola England? I hear a lot, a lot about him, but I've never he's a seen him. He's a Scandinavian guy. Uh, you probably have seen him. You just don't know. Okay. I'll send you his channel. I'll send you his channel after the show's over. But anyway, Ola is interesting because he's in a genre, but he's like the 10 year old version of the genre he's in right now. Where meaning, meaning like he's into the kind of metal and, and plays the kind of metal professionally. And he's a fantastic player, but the metal he's into is like the stuff from the early two thousands through up through 2010. Whereas now we have this whole jet movement. That's pretty much redefined that genre. And I don't feel like he's in any way interested in it. And I'm like, at some point he's going to age out. And only the people that are, you know, fans of the music, that generation of music that he's into are going to be like really tuned in. But that's okay. I mean, as long as it's still paying the bills, right? It's not the big issue. But I'm just thinking, like, when are the some? I, I at some point, some of these YouTube guys are going to have to back up and go. How do I make a career out of this? You know, like how do I, I continue, make a long, like a lifelong career out of this? You know what I mean? I don't know, man. I th- I think a lot of that also has to do with you know what I've no- I've noticed this with my own audience. Uh, you know, a lot of it I think is just you know people gravitate towards artists that are you know they're they're in their own age bracket. You know, I mean, look at Pete Thorne. Yeah. yeah. You know, for example, I mean, you know, Pete's. I mean, you know, I mean, you know the style of music he plays. Uh, you know, he's, you know, he's a rock guy. He's a hard rock guy and he can play metal. Of course, you know, he, he, that, that dude could snap off a tree branch and string it up and make it sound good. But, um, you know, but he, you know, I mean, his, his, uh, you know, his wheelhouse is rocking hard and, uh, you know, and Gibson's and, you know, old Marshall's and, you know, of course his signature stuff. But, uh, you know, if you, if you hang out with him on his live streams, you know, and he attracts probably, you know, five, six, seven hundred people every single week on his live shows. But, you know, most yeah. of the people that are in those chats are, you know, at, you know, mid late forties, which is about how old he is. Right. You know, same, same thing with me. A lot of guys that, that are you know, hanging out with me on my live streams, uh, you know, watch my videos regularity are, you know, are about my age, you know, or maybe even a little bit older, you know, because like you just mentioned, I don't get into the gen stuff. You know, I mean, I, you know, I, I would struggle naming five gent bands if you, if you made me, um, you know, it's just, it's just, I'm at that age, you know, I'm, uh, I, you know, I quit buying new, you know, every single new, you know, new record from new, every new band that came out a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to remember you know, that this is an enthusiast game too, where, you know, really you're, you're appealing to people who are already into what you're into. Um, mm-hmm. and that's the, the base they already have basically at this point. And so like right. age in music is weird because 
people aren't con- it's not like technology where people are always wanting to find the latest and greatest and the newest things that are out there it's very right. much like what did i grow up with kind of uh kind of scenario for a lot of folks um mm-hmm. yeah so I, I the the one the one guy that that the only one that out of this entire group of people i'm looking at the featured channels on your channel that are they're like down below the you know other places you can go which is partially the algorithm i think um the one time i used to be able to, i haven't looked at that in a long time i i used to be able to uh to adjust that myself but <laughs> yeah but uh, like, well, it's, it's a part of it anyway i haven't looked well, at that in forever the only one that bothers me is the tone king i cannot mm-hmm. believe that that man has 106,000 subscribers today i can't believe he has 6,000 wow. subscribers i uh, i just don't get him I don't get his channel. I just don't get it. I'm not saying that yeah. he's bad. I'm just saying that that I don't get it. Well, I, I just, you know, to be honest with you, I don't think he's. You know, you know, I hope I'm not shooting myself in the foot for saying this, but I don't think he's too too much different from me. No, you know, he's, no. he's a he's a gearhead that loves you know that loves guitar gear. And he's got a big collection. You know? I don't want to say it. I don't want to say this in public, uh, but I will say it on the show just because I feel like it's necessary. <laughs> I have never heard the Tone King play a piece of gear and gone, "Wow, that sounds good." Yeah, uh, yeah I have heard once. things on your show and gone, "Yeah, that sounds good." Yeah, you not know? once, not once. And the and the other difference, I think it's and and you know not to um, say anybody's again, it's it's always subjective, right? Um, I, he just doesn't come across as genuine. He always comes across like a used car salesman to me. Um, he, he's just got that vibe and it might be just because you remember I'm from New York. He's from Jersey and <laughs> there's that. So it, it could literally be the New Yorker, New Jersey thing that, that I, that, that that's why he comes across me like a used car salesman, you know? Um, and so I just, I don't, I don't dig it. Um, and, and, you know, I used to see Steve from Boston stuff and, and lately I don't see anything from him. Um, YouTube just stopped showing me his stuff. It was like, I don't know if he exists, doesn't exist. I don't search it. Um, uh, a lot of these channels that, you know, I've noticed that'll happen too, because there'll be a channel, you know, there'll be a channel that, you know, that I'm interested in for whatever reason. And I watch a few of their videos and then you will start showing me more of their videos in my feed. And then if it's nothing I'm not interested in and I don't click on any of them, you know, then they stop. So, uh, but I, you know, the videos that in related channel videos that I am showing an interest in based on my activity. Yeah. Of course, you know, that that's what they're putting in front of me because they're trying to get views. You just like they're everybody else. Yeah. I think that I think that algorithm has a lot of issues. I think that that the way it operates is it looks to see what you're what you're interested on, on by how long you mouse over things and how long you click on things. And I think it also looks at the statistics that we have available to us as YouTube creators, where we can see uh, average length of view for a video. And I think that's a big big part of the game. And if somebody's not making content that's long enough and it doesn't have you know a sustained audience then you get lower in the listings. And I think those, I think it's way more automated and that's why YouTube can't tell us how it works. Yeah. A lot of times it's very like really necessarily how it works. Can't or won't tell us. I think it's both. I think it's both. No, I think it's both. I honestly think 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 it's a little bit of both because if you think about it, if your program was sat down and you've, you've written all these algorithms, but 20 other programmers have written algorithms for you and you and I are both in that, in that world. Sometimes that person has left. Maybe the documentation wasn't that good. Maybe the, you know, or you just don't know what their algorithm, because an algorithm is a difficult thing to read. Even if you wrote it. A lot of, 
a lot of the social media algorithms, especially the stuff that's really from big companies like Alphabet slash Google and Facebook in the last five years, aren't really even like a programmer sitting there and coming up with the logic for how this works. It's nope. literally AI training where they yeah. say, this is the outcome we want. Go and get it. Yep. And it figures out and it starts rolling dice to figure out how to get there. That's right. And, and Google is, is at the forefront of that technology. So when YouTube started changing their algorithms five, six years ago, they started baking in more AI to the platform. And I think that threw everything for a loop. So for a while there, the reason why the, uh, the, the uh, countdown videos, like everybody was doing like top three, top five, top 10 countdowns was because the human brain is wired to like those. Speaking it's, of that. Yeah, speaking of that I, one, I, um, I, there was a there that, was a reason why I did those videos. You know, it's because the human, you know, it's just natural human instincts. You know that you know we like those things. We like numbers. We like countdowns. And be, we, like, we like small ones. Rankings. And because we do the algorithm game that, and it said that those videos should be higher up in the rankings, and so that worked for a while. Now I noticed that those are sort of sort of starting to drop off now, yeah. which is almost like people got sick of them, and so now it's it's self modifying. And changing well, the changing the so, patterns. Yeah, so top tens used to be a big thing. Actually, it was top one hundreds. We went top fifties, top twenties. You know, so on and so forth. Top mm -hmm. tens were big. Now it's top fives. They've really gotten small, and they want them pinpointed. They want them precise. Um, and there was a there was an English, uh, uh, not Andertons. There was an another <laughs> English. Uh, what's that? I said, I've got a top 17 coming out here in a couple of weeks. Do you? Yeah. You might want to pare it down. No, but a couple um, extras. But seriously, yeah, and they like round numbers. I don't know why. But um, that's why people will do like top 10, and then they'll do honorable mansions or a top 20 with honorable mansions. Um, mm. But anyway, so uh, what I was saying is that that there's this there's this um, uh, thing where there was this English channel. I don't I don't remember who it was because they haven't shown up my feed in forever. It was it was like Andertons, but it was three guys. One was named Joe, and I can't remember the other two guys. And and they had a channel where they would do top fives, uh, top five of this, top five of that. And then they disappeared. I don't know if the the shore shut the the store shut down because of the COVID thing. I don't know, but they literally and they disappeared quite a while before that. So I don't know if it, if it was something else. But they used to do a podcast. It was one of the first podcasts. I, I think that the first two podcasts I listened to were Sixty Cycle Hum, um, and them. And then I might have listened to Wampler way back in the beginning. Um, and unfortunately, mm -hmm. I caught Wampler right before they stopped because it was like, oh, now these guys are leaving. Oh, you know. Listen to him back in the Travis Feaster days. Yeah, yep. Travis Feaster. was still on. Yeah, Travis. Yeah, he seems he's like a, a really. Yeah, he seems like a really genuine guy. Really, really good dude. He's, and uh, he's aware. I, I see him gear, you know, all the time at Guitar Center. Yeah, uh, and he's. Uh, he, I mean, I've, I've known Travis. I've been friends for over well over ten years now. So, uh, great, great guy. Yeah, love the guy to death. And he's selling. He's. Uh, is he still um, selling uh, planes or something or jets? Nope. 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 He, he moved on from that. And, uh, he, I know we got his real estate license oh. and, uh, I think he's got a, you know, he's doing something else on the side. I don't know. He's, uh, yeah. 
he and I have talked about that, but you know, it's I don't want to divulge too much about his, you know, his uh, his full time professional career, yeah. you know, because I don't know how much of that he wants me. Uh, yeah, well, I know but he he's was still doing, around. Yeah, I know he was doing <laughs> jets and stuff. So he had le- left the the MI for almost completely, except for doing the gigs that he the one off gigs. He's a really good guitar player too, but um, really. Uh, yeah, the reason I bring that up is because you see these like we were talking about Stevie T. So here's a guy that's looking to get three th- three million subscribers, and like there's only so many times you can dress as your sister and kick a bottle and do weird sounds, and that's gonna mm-hmm. you know the there's a reason that there's only so many um, uh, uh, videos from or well TV shows or movies whatever they were doing at the time from the uh, Three Stooges. It's because you can only take so much slapstick, and then you've got to have something that, right. that's meaty in between. You know what I mean? That's why South Park has lasted 20-something years. It's because there's always that, that little bit of meat on the bone that you can still pick off and, and, and consume um, that's not just paper, cardboard cutouts calling each other asshole and stuff. And right. so it just um, – it always seems to me that, that – and there will be a cyclical, a cyclical thing. You know, It's always going to move in a, in a circle. Um, because what's old is new. I mean, right. you know, I've noticed, well, you know, yeah, go ahead. I've heard the theory, you know, some, I've heard some creators theorize Ryan Bruce, you know, it was said, you know, YouTube is not going to, is not always going to be around. No. Uh, you know, eventually something is going to come up to replace it. And, you know, the argument could be made that that may have already happened with Twitch and Vimo and TikTok, uh, you know, uh, TikTok, you know, could be. I don't know. You know, I mean, there. I think right now, you know, YouTube is still the big boy, but they've definitely got more competition now than they used to. I and so the interesting thing. The interesting thing about the. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. As, I said, you know, no, no, no problem. I, I personally don't think YouTube, YouTube is going anywhere anytime soon, as long as are still owned and operated purely by Google. Uh, you know, who, of course, one of the tech conglomerates on the planet. So, you know, I think event, you know, they will be able to, <clears throat> if YouTube will be able to adapt to, you know, what, what the world is doing, what, you know, and, and, and what consumers want, uh, they will. So, you know, you know, I don't foresee that changing anytime soon. Uh, the day is going to come that, you know, that they're, you know, AOL, AOL Instant Messenger eventually, you know, got discontinued. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, the, 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 the theory is there and it certainly is a viable way that, you know, YouTube is not going to be 20 years, you know, by then it'll be something completely different. And I hope whatever it is, I'm smart enough to get in early. Um, you know, I, I wish I had gotten in on YouTube. I did, to be honest. So I, I sort of agree. Um, I think there is potential for another platform at some point in the future, I don't think any of the platforms that are out there right now really hold a candle to what YouTube provides because they have an audience. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe TikTok, but TikTok is super, super short videos. They got the corner on that market. And that's kind of the reason why I'm like looking at these other platforms like like Vimeo and stuff. Vimeo is basically YouTube for business, right? Um, that's they, they definitely carved out that niche. You've got uh, TikTok, which is short videos, which is a competitor for Instagram um, at this point, because Instagram, even though it's a mostly picture-oriented thing, was also becoming a video platform for very short-form videos. Um, Twitch, 
Twitch does not want to be a provider of long form video streaming um, from their site, like the same way that YouTube does. I don't think they even want to try to go toe to toe. And it's kind of funny. I watched um, I watched a live stream tonight. It was not a music related live stream, but I watched the live stream tonight where the guy was talking about he, he streams on Twitch a lot, and he says, I have had nothing but problems with YouTube streaming because there are so many other little like technical check boxes and stuff to, to um, fit into, you know, how they want to handle their, their situation. And it's just kind of interesting to me because like YouTube would love to corner that market, but it hasn't happened yet. Right. It, and it right. could, but even he said, the reason why I'm over on YouTube right now is because the audience here is always bigger. And he said, I could do all my other little stuff over there, but when I'm doing something like trying to break a record, then I'm going to come over here because I want people to actually see it. So um, I did my first Twitch live. That's the reason why I haven't gone to any other platforms is because my, my audience on YouTube is, is, is bigger and will always be bigger than anywhere else. The communities are very different, though. And that's what I found. So, like, I've been over on Twitch playing video games, and I've also do – I'm doing guitar over there. Uh, I did my first live stream this weekend. And it was really interesting, and it was – everybody who's in there, I think, except for one person, was people who listened to the show. Um, and it was just interesting because I'm watching my, – my wife's having a lot of success. She has a she has a, a streaming channel, and she's getting raided, and people are coming in there, and they're, you know – and, of course, a lot of people say, oh, it's because she's a woman. Like, everybody likes to look at women on, on Twitch or whatever. And that's really not what's happening. It's funny because it's, like, mostly housewives and that kind of stuff who are also doing it. Um, and they have like this very tight knit community, but because the chat is so interactive and because every video that goes on over there, all of the live streams that go on there are all chat oriented. And there's so many tools for interacting with the chat and going back and forth. It, it breaks the paradigm that YouTube already had, which is that we have those features too, because Twitch had them first, but most people who are familiar with YouTube are passive. Like they watch videos passively. And so you get, you know, 600 people on a live stream, not 600 people chatting. If you've ever watched 600 people on a, on a Twitch live stream, it's, you can't even follow the chat. It's like, what the hell is going on here? Um, right. And it's, it's really wild because it's just a whole different, like they're, they're, the, the community over there is very fervent. They're very, very active. These people are watching Twitch streams all day long. They're interacting with their with their favorite people on a day to day basis, inside and outside of it. Discord, the the application we're using right now to do this video, I would say probably fifty percent of its existence right now is owed to Twitch communities run by creators on Twitch to, uh, hmm. you know, to give benefits to their fans and direct access to them. Um, you can build your own social media in Discord, and that and that is like really really wild that it's happening the way. In fact, my wife joined a um, a Discord from one of one of the people she follows, and there's like four thousand people in this Discord channel, and it's all people that have you know some level of access to this person um, through their through their you know their Twitch streaming. Now, I'm not saying I'm not advocating anybody go over there. I'm just saying like. It's a new frontier, and I don't think YouTube's going to get replaced. I think it could, but I really don't think it will. It'll be like right. Facebook. People thought Facebook was dead three years ago, four years ago. They were declaring the death of Facebook. I remember it. And I was like, mm. according to who? Twitter's got nobody on it. Instagram's right. popular. 
But like Twi- mm-hmm. Twitter has 20% of the people that are on Facebook. 20%. Now, how, how many of those are bot accounts? I don't know. Instagram. Instagram. Facebook goes Instagram. Nope, nope. I don't have any television. Yeah, I, I, I still do. I still do, and I, and honestly, I still enjoy it. I'm hoping it doesn't, you know, it doesn't go anywhere. And honestly, it's finally starting, you know, because there are so many people that are, you know, cutting the, you know, cutting the cord, so to speak, and and going to all streaming services and things of that nature. Uh, there's so many people that are doing that. You know, the cable companies now are finally a little bit more apt to start lowering their prices to keep their customers around. And honestly, I've got the same packages I've had for over a decade now, and I'm paying less for it now than I ever have. If the so, pro- if the programming comes down in price, they might make a go of it. Uh, in our area, it's still going up. Mm-hmm. That's why more right? people are cutting the cord. Yeah. We have Comcast mm-hmm. in our area, Xfinity. Uh, yeah. Universal, right? Universal Media Group. Yeah, we've Yeah, same here. Mm. You probably need it for your, you know, for your full-time job, I would assume. Yeah. Never. Right. I've been trolling. stung a lot of times. Let's just put it that way. I think they call that trolling, but go ahead. <laughs> but I'm a troll. I am.
right? Right. <laughs> she sounds hideous. I DVR most of that stuff. Fast forward through it anyway, so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one of those. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. If I can see my analytics, you know, the YouTube, YouTube Red users. So. Or watch your stuff when you're mobile and all the other pieces of that. Uh, I was researching, and I was researching it pretty heavily a few years ago because I was thinking of cutting uh, and doing exactly what you were doing. You know, buying an antenna and you know, in in so I could still get local news and and live sports and stuff, and you know, and then divvying the rest of it up between Netflix, and Hulu, and you know, and I did the math, and you know, with especially with the streaming packages and Hulu was one of the biggest, uh, biggest culprits of this, you know, you have to a B and there was some things that I wanted in a that I, you know, and quite a bit that I didn't care about. And there were some things that I wanted in B that, that I didn't care about. And I'm pretty sure that they ran a, you know, they ran a study or an algorithm to make sure that that happens with most people, you know, so you got to subscribe to to them twice. <clears throat> and, you know, and again, 
the culprits. You know, I looked at, you know, the uh, PlayStation with the PlayStation TV or whatever. They're That's gone now. It doesn't exist. They'll, I'm not surprised because it wasn't, yeah, it, you know, it wasn't worth it at all. And, uh, all right. Hmm. Hmm. Are they not still in Comedy Central anymore? Like, you don't have cable. You don't have it on cable. FYI, I just... Not to interrupt, but I may have to step away here for just four or five minutes here in a minute. FYI. Oh, for sure. Sorry. been the case for i've you know, it, you know if, if you know, some of the people that watch that have watched my youtube videos are any indicator that's been the case for a while already <laughs> that's why i haven't yeah i, I do too I, I was as well, but, um, you know, I think part of the, so like the TikTok thing for me, like, I don't, I didn't think there was much musical community on TikTok. Uh, I'm, I'm trying not to talk too much while, while Robert's away, but the, the weird thing about the TikTok thing for me was that, um, it wasn't as interactive as, um, something like Twitch was. And I think that interactivity, especially in the pandemic has been, like the sole reason that that service continues to take off the way that it does and their expansion into music is really interesting because, and that's been going on. I mean, they've had the music side of it for like seven years, almost the entire time of the platform. And um, what's interesting about it is you go on there, there's not a lot of bands. There's, there's, there's bands on there, right? There actually are. There's not a lot of them. And almost everybody is a DJ. Almost everybody's got two turntables and a microphone. And it's kind of shocking to me. It's like, does this reflect on the culture of the people that use Twitch? Which I think it does. 
Or does this reflect on the culture as, by and large that the majority of musicians who actually play real instruments, uh, and I, I'm, turntables could be an instrument. I mean, that's we could debate that. But I think that people who play real instruments tend to be older and have already aged out of Twitch to some extent. No, we did. We did. We we've talked about it on the show before. The, the the problem is the technology to do it. And I think people have already started to realize you need to have a decent camera. You need to have decent audio. The technology to do it is not super easy. It, I, I watched a, a band the other day who were, who were exceptionally good at it, right? But they posted in their chat like um, a flow chart of their studio. They had nine computers running on that stream. And they were all doing different things. And I, I just looked down through the list of what they were doing. I was like, wow. I was like, that's a lot of investiture for they, and that this is how many followers they had, like 850 followers. And I'm going, whoa. Yeah. To to put some context. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, to put some context around this, we were talking about a, a Twitch stream I saw the other night where the guys had like seven computers running. Wow. Um, and they were all doing different things. And they had they had six cameras, seven computers, and they and uh, literally their entire set list, like and you could you could just go to the chat and request a song. Their entire set list has pre-programmed for all the camera changes and stuff at various times within the songs. And I was like, this is like another level and i and i told jim i said what what amazed me was they only had like 862 followers which means like they have a really small audience for this you know like mm -hmm. what are they what the hell like they're setting the bar pretty damn high for that level of audience you know well and working on streaming gear has exploded obviously due to covid but you know and we you know we see it all over the place 
risk exploding on the consumer level. But you know what we do, you know what you may not realize is I mean I we sell I'm you know what I, I mean, one of the biggest things that I'm doing right now is selling streaming packages to uh, churches mega churches in particular. You know, and they're buying they're buying commercial cameras. You know, buying six eight thousand Panasonics. They're buying yeah they're buying Panasonics and red cameras and stuff like that. Yeah, they're buying big boy stuff, and they're buying they're buying switchers, and they're buying two thousand dollar capture you know capture devices, right? Uh, you know, and high 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 powered computers and servers because you know they've got congregations that got two three four thousand people in them that can't come to church every week anymore because of COVID. So now they're you know now they're streaming on their websites, they're streaming on YouTube, they're streaming, you know, all these you know all these other platforms and. You know, and it's you know whether you know the they they don't seem to like to admit it, but you know churches are businesses. You know, you know they you know they they need a congregation, they need donations, and they need money to, and you know, period end. Well, and it's an investiture. <laughs> it's an investiture too. They might actually have money in the coffers already, and when this mm-hmm. happens, they go and they they take that money out, which is really wild because. When you see a streamer do it, they've got 862 followers. If they're a church, you go, yeah, they got enough money to afford that. But if they're but if they're mm-hmm. a streamer, you're going, they don't have enough money to afford that. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, there's you know, the, it, it, it's on the small business level. I, I had, I've got a customer right now. As a matter of fact, uh, she is a you know she's a yoga instructor, and she you know had to shut her studio down, and she had to start instructing from home. Uh, for the time being. So, you know, she called me up and, you know, she's like, uh, you know, she, she really didn't know who she was calling. I think she was just calling guitar center and, you know, somehow it got routed, you know, it got routed at GC pro and happened to come to me. And, uh, you know, she was, you know, she's like, I have no idea what I need, how any of this works. I, you know, I am as green as I can be. And I said, well, you, you know, you're talking to the right guy because I've been through this and I got a pretty good idea what you're going to need. Um, you know, and I ended up, setting her up with uh you know the stuff that she ended up getting from me was pretty nominal because everything else she needed was consumer level cameras like this as a matter of fact she got that you know she bought that the same model that i'm using right now uh based on my suggestion and um you know i think she got a cam link which was perfect for her you know right didn't work for you guys but you know for her it's, it's working perfect so. well it, it's <laughs> held out through the stream because i haven't tripped i haven't tripped the autofocus to go i don't know i can't see a face here your video, uh, your video, by the way, David looks better than I've ever seen it. Yeah, it's by fantastic. It's fantastic. It's like on another level. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have reached video nirvana. <laughs> yeah. I was in high school. Are you kidding college. me? I'm a '90s kid. I love that stuff. I remember. I can remember the '80s, and I was like, like, you know, three, four.
Yeah. Yeah, it was like a Joe Bonamassa show. <laughs> <laughs> Cardboard cutouts. Cardboard cutouts and W. You know, people paid money for for the yeah you know, for the NFL to do that. Yeah, like, you know, like people were paying like a hundred bucks for you know to have their cardboard cut out a seat there. So you know, NFL, you know, leave. Yeah, I would put a so, big one of these. <laughs> it's gonna autofocus on it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I think they drew the line at the bull stuff, but you know, knowing the NFL, but <laughs> well, uh, shit, I want my money back. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, like you watched the Super Bowl. No, I did not. <laughs> I I know you didn't. Right. Mm-hmm. Same here. Same here. I mean, that's, I, I was going through that same thing. Like they were the rebellious outsider, you know, counterculture. Thing. Well, when I was, you know, when I was, yeah, when I, when I was a kid, it was, uh, you, you know, I mean, I was, I actually grew up in the hair metal stuff. Well, that scene very, very vividly, uh, you know, and, you know, Metallica in particular, Metallica, you guys know that it's my all time favorite band. Yeah. For you, for your generation, it was probably like Slayer and Metallica because Slayer was kind of a counterculture thing in, in a very different, even in a very different way than Metallica Slayer was very counterculture, like pentagrams on the records. And, you know, I was right when Nirvana hit, you know, when, uh, uh, when, I can't think of the name of that album now. Never mind. Well, was, uh, never mind came. I was in junior high, and you know, and the entire world flipped. All of a sudden, nobody gave a the shit about hair metal. Yeah, 
nobody gave a shit at all about my rat record, my Judas Priest, my Judas Priest, you know, all the stuff that I had. All the good stuff, the stuff that's worth listening to. Right, all the stuff that I, you know, nobody cared. And I had a, nobody cared about that stuff anymore. Megadeth, none of it. Yeah. Well, anyway, that was interesting. And Gene Simmons talked about this in his book, in uh, his his autobiography, you know, is because a lot of the people in large, large contingency of people that were into the 80s hair metal stuff that, you know, we didn't call it hair metal then, but we do now. Um, <clears throat> you know, the, the genre of music that was singing about, you know, things like sex and money and, you know, uh, you know, rock and roll lifestyle, stuff like that. You know, then all of a sudden Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden got popular. And made that other cool. Right. You know, that, you know, that they made comparatively speaking, the stuff that they were singing about kind of made you made you want to you know blow your head off, right? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I I mean maybe I I think that kind of fits the genre motif. It was it was a much much darker genre with much much darker lyrical content. So the people that were not into that all, ironically, gravitated towards gangster rap. You know, and I was actually one of them. I was really really big into NWA and the Ghetto Boys. Easy E and uh, you know later on Snoop Dogg and Doctor I was real into a lot of and uh, you know nowadays of course it's you know it's all of it's a lot more acceptable you know and there wasn't this you know you weren't looked down upon for liking any of those you know any one of those three different genres of music like you were then at least in my age bracket you know yeah and hip hop hip hop couldn't hip hop today is totally different too. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't have much use for any of it today, to be honest. But um, you know, but I do still like the old stuff that I used to like as a kid. But you know, but there was a time. I remember as a kid, I felt that I would be shunned or looked down upon, or you know, or made fun of, or whatever it might be, if I, you know, let anybody know that I still like Motley Crue. You know, <laughs> um, and it was it was it was really a really really sad time period for music to be honest with you i'm i was not, i was i wasn't a fan of a lot going on. until the late 90s when things finally started to get heavier again you know bands like white zombie and you know later on zombie bands like that started to make a bigger name for themselves yeah yes Yeah, yeah. Right. Univ or Univox High Flyer into a DS one or you know or a, or a Big Muff you know. You know they they weren't playing their mark you know you know 
you know, three thousand dollars shredder guitar. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was. You're right. Everything is was completely different because you know the one thing back in the '80s. It, uh, you know, I've said this said this for years. If you weren't shredding, you weren't playing. You know, I mean, end of story. I mean, that's just the way. It, you know, every every single one of those bands, even the more obscure ones, you know, that that didn't, you know, may not have had as much success. Every single one of those guys all had a was- monster guitar players i i remember reading specific you know interviews uh, an interview specifically with um jeff Wilson of Dokken, and he said in that interview their you know their marketing plan all along from the get-go was to push george lynch because he was such a monster guitar player he said the idea all along was to push george and that's why they were successful that band has some really really funny music videos I was watching well, one the other day where he had the chains on the on the guitar and strings, George Lynch, and I was like, "Oh my God, you're kidding, right?" Side note: If you know, the, go check out a video. It was a, a video by David Hasselhoff. I'll send you the link. Uh, called "True Survivor," and if uh, you do not have the biggest '80s boner by the time that thing is over, yeah. then there's something wrong with you because that is like the 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 best three or four <laughs> minutes of dripping with 80s awesomeness that you will ever see ever <laughs> uh, well we were we, that the video i was talking about was breaking the chain by the way um yep. yeah it, it's funny if you yeah. want to go check it out but um yeah, i'm back, sure you've seen back, it but yeah you know but back then when it came out what was that 86 something like yeah that. it was probably groundbreaking it was like holy crap like well and yeah. or or it was very normal you know for what, uh, or tongue-in-cheek you, know. you know like they're yeah. kind of making a joke but um man we gotta be we gotta be pushing three hours here jim two and a half so okay. i i just want to say this um number one i was on mute i don't know how long um so good uh what i was telling um, these guys that you guys might not have heard i was talking about countercultures and how you can find countercultures all over the place i also was talking about how uh um Bands are starting to pull back. I mean, Nirvana pulled away from that that super expensive gear. And we're seeing that in the communities now. We're seeing people, no, I'm going to play a squire and I'm going to love it. Or I'm going to play, you know, and that's what I'm trying to get at with the with the videos. I'm Duke, getting ready Duke to do this. real big in that. Let's not spend a lot of money. Let's let's pull back, which which is actually counter culture to the culture we're in. Because there's so many people, it's like I gotta buy this. I and and um, so many channels that that I think to myself, God, you're just you're just asking people to spend money constantly, constantly, constantly. And you, you Robert, you don't um, you you go over gear that's old and and um, not always, but you go over a lot of older gear that that you can find at pawn shops still. You can find it in the local um, uh, mom and pop or guitar center for. A lot of times, fifty bucks, you know, to a hundred dollars. You don't have to go out and buy the newest um, uh, thing from, geez, uh, whoever, Chase Bliss, and uh, you know, whatever audio and everything else. I mean, look at all the stuff that that all these um, all these folks are shilling. And, and the, I shouldn't use the word shilling because that's not that's that's a little disingenuous to some of them. Some of no, them are some, shilling. some of them are shillers. We yeah, we know who that is. Yeah, there are shillers, but some <laughs> of them are being yeah red shill. Oh. Um, there's, there's these. If he was a wrestler, his name might be Brett the Shill. 
<laughs> oh my god. So anyway, yeah, <laughs> Robert's a wrestling <laughs> fan. He knows where that comes from. But, uh, you know, it's like, it's like um, what I'm what I'm trying to say is I think that more people want to see. Have you ever noticed though? A lot of times, the most the best um, uh, moving videos are the ones that are actually about the cheap shit. Look at all these YouTube channels that could do really Guitar Max. stuff. And yeah, Guitar Max. We is had one him of them, on the but, show. I mean, yeah, I, his channel has taken off. And all he does is review things that are, like, super inexpensive. Yeah. And by mm-hmm. super inexpensive, like, things that I wouldn't buy. <laughs> okay? And, like, I'm, yeah. I'm taking it back on his channel all the time because I do watch it. And I'm like, dude, where I do you even find for- Sonic Cake? Oh. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. I watch him a lot, too. And, you know, he was, got, you know, he bought, he, you know, he demoed that Kramer Beretta that he Paid like 179 bucks for or something yeah. like that. You know, Kramer, you know, like you can't buy that model anymore. Of course, and I'm sure his video had a lot to do with that. But, uh, you know, because now they raised the price on them, bastards. Oh, of course. But, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, that's what happens. But you take um, uh, Glary, for instance. All of a sudden, everybody's doing a Glary video. Um, you know, it. it um, oh, yeah. And- I didn't mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they sent you one. I know, I saw yours. You definitely did not shill that product. That is something no, you did, did not, not do. Nope. <laughs> you know, Robert, if there's anything we can take away from your show and that we should we should pass on to our listeners, part of the reason why Robert's still coming back on the show, we still talk to Robert, and Robert, like, we give him, like, kind of special treatment is because Robert's genuine. Like you watch some of these other guys and you can tell that they're like, this product's not that great, but they sent it to me for free. So I'll give them a decent, a decent rundown. If they're not talking opinion in the middle of their video, then you can tell that's, Hey, we got this product for free kind of thing. And they're legally supposed to tell you that. But I know, I know for a fact, there have been several videos from several people and I won't mention names who they got something for free and they didn't disclose it in their video and they, and it, and it, the video actually did very well for the product too. Um, which is, that's like a whole other ball of wax when you start talking about the legality of it. But I, I applaud you for at least being having integrity enough to say, Hey, I bought this fuzz factory and it sucks. Now we all know you already had a fuzz factory at some point before that. And you got that to somebody sent you that so you could do the video. But, um, no, no, that was that one. I, I, you know, the one that that was in the Fuzz Factory, the now infamous Fuzz Factory video. I bought that. One. Oh, I thought somebody, was, I thought somebody sent you something that you reviewed and you were like not super thrilled with it or whatever. I, I maybe I'm thinking something else. Um, that's happened before. That 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 happened with the Glary guitar. They did send me that guitar. and I didn't pay for. It. And you know, I'm sorry. It's you know, the, sure the music won't take it. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm. You know, it's. I've still got it sitting here. I don't know what I'm gonna do with. And it you're because, stuck with it. <laughs> it's worth. It's worth. It's worth mentioning that Share the Music is a foundation that uh, Robert is partnered with to um, provide music. And is it just in the in the Indianapolis area, or? Uh, you know, I mean, primarily they're a really really do primarily. Uh, you know, most of the donations that they take are local. Uh, there has been uh, some people that you know, some viewers that have watch my channel from other parts of the country and send some stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, you know, know, that that want to donate. So, um, you know, they've, uh, uh, they've, they've, their one instance in particular was a, uh, you know, actually another friend of mine who was a, 
at the time he still is a, a, a teacher for uh, for special needs students. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, but this is when he was working at he was teaching at another school from where he is now. Uh, but you know, he wanted to get his students at that time involved in music, him being a musician himself, and uh, you know, share the music were the ones that that made it happen. Got him, got a hold of a couple dozen acoustic guitars or whatever it was that he needed, uh, you know, for that particular, you know, for his class. So, you know, they made it happen. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that's super cool that you partnered with somebody like that. We haven't had a whole lot of charitable opportunities on the show, which is why we haven't, nobody's approached us. If they would, we'd be like, all right, yeah, go for it. But I think it's super cool that you're involved in that. I wanted to mention that to our show listeners. If you're ever looking for someplace to donate an instrument, uh, consider share the music in Indianapolis. Um, yep, it, uh, everything that the, all the donations that they, they go to uh, children, you know that uh, that might not be able to afford, you know, they won't wouldn't be able to otherwise afford an instrument on their own. Uh, you know, same with uh, schools and their music programs that can't afford yep. their own instruments. Churches, you know, places that need instruments they can't afford them. This way right. to go, and that's don't just go straight there. By the way, you know, they if there's something on them that needs to be repaired or parts that need to be replaced or, or something like that, you know, they they fix them up. Yeah, my before they move them. Up. My my local shop, uh, Good Time Music. Occasionally, they do they'll do donations, and they will actually run the guitars through setup and stuff before they before they donate them, yep. which is kind of cool. And that yeah, glary was so bad they couldn't take it. Well. I shouldn't say that. I should, that you know, I you say know that. honestly though, that doesn't surprise me because I have mm-hmm. a Chingze, and it's a piece of yeah. hot garbage. Yeah. Well, people, you know, I still get people commenting on that video all the time. Well, you didn't stretch out the strings before, you know. That's the reason why. Well, I mean, you watched it literally go from plucking a single string. I mean, I I showed it on video what it was doing. Yeah. That you know, not stretched strings that aren't stretched out don't do that to that extreme. You know, yeah, I, uh, I pulled. I I don't. I've lost count of how many thousands of guitars I pulled out of the box brand new. Not a single one of them has ever done what that thing did. None yeah. of them. I remember yeah, that, that video now. Good. That when you said that, I remember that. The uh, the funny part is whenever somebody says stretching strings, that's my that's my big red flag for you. Don't know what the hell you're talking about because you're stretching the string against the post. You're not actually stretching the string out. Like you're pulling the mm-hmm. post tight. You're not – like, it's not the same thing at all. In fact, uh, I've seen guitars before. Um, not I, – I saw a Samick one time where one of the tuners was messed up, and when you would bend, you could see the, the tuning machine start to turn. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's not supposed to happen. There's no tension yeah, I, in there. I, I, didn't notice, I didn't notice that on, on – on- it could have been but yeah you know, i don't know man there's there's i've seen i've seen several other videos you know from people that received them uh, that demoed them uh, some of those videos have all you know said yeah you know for 60 bucks it's a great deal you know especially if you're looking for a mod platform and maybe they're right i don't know maybe i got a link but you know what they described is not at all what I, right i saw a couple of videos that had exactly the same problem you did so it mm. leads me to believe that the people who didn't have it i'm not saying 100 percent but it leads me to believe that the people that didn't have that problem were actually shilling it because the the issues you had um, and other channels that did the same that had the same issues um, those issues that that you had um, 
were the same cause. The causation was the same. And I can't remember. There's something about that guitar that, what was it? It's like a neck that's made of some material or something that. Oh, the Coloss yeah. guitar. Yeah. It's, well, it's supposedly they advertise. And I, and I got sitting right over here. They advertise that guitar as, you know, the neck of that guitar being made of carbon fiber. But really it's, you know, it's a carbon fiber plastic composite thing yeah. that, you know, because, and I noticed that when I pulled it out of the box, I was like, carbon fiber neck, why does this thing have a truss rod in it? Yeah. You know, if it was actual carbon, it wouldn't need a truss rod. Yeah. You know, but, you know, because it, it feels like carbon fiber. But like you said, it's a, it's, a, it's a carbon fiber slash plastic composite that makes it bend back and forth. And, uh, you know, uh, Phil McKnight actually did the best demonstration. You know, he got out a heat gun if you guys didn't see it. He got a heat yeah, gun. He, he got gun. the neck, you know, and it was in it, you know, and in the met the level of heat that was coming out of it was not astronomical. He was able to put his hand up against it and put it up, you know, hold it up against his shoulder, and it, it didn't burn, you know, it were, you know, or hurt him at all. So I mean, it's not like it was, you know, he was he was putting a blowtorch on it, um, <clears throat> you know, but it was a higher temperature, probably 110 degrees, which you might experience if you were, you know, if you were playing under a set of hot lights outside at an outdoor gig in the summertime. Yeah, maybe. like these lights. Yeah, so, you know, or this giant thing behind me that's making me sweat. Yep. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, Not too much longer, I hope. <laughs> right, that's what he was trying to simulate, but, you know, he heated up the neck and strummed it as he was doing it, and, you know, you could hear it pull out of tune because the neck was, you know, was, was moving. So he took the heat yeah. gun off of it and then strummed it as it began to cool back down, and it relatively, anyway, went back into tune. Yeah, it went back where it was. So, <laughs> for the most part, yeah. So, um, you know, there was that. There was definitely some mislead. I didn't catch that until after I after I shot my video, but yeah. you know, he Did pointed that out. Uh, nobody was more brutal about that guitar though than. If you guys have not seen Arnold plays guitars uh, video on his Coloss guitars, uh, he, he definitely didn't pull any punches. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, oh, um, are we? Do you have anything else you want to add, Jim? Or are we? That's we it. We're up here? we're there. We're. I'm going to cut this into two. All right. Uh, well, that said, uh, I've been David. I've been Jim. I've been Robert. And tonight we've all been practical guitarists. Adiós.